Let's bow our heads in prayer. Most gracious and loving Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Abba, we said under this time, into your hands, Lord God. Give us the grace, Master, that your word will change us, that your word will transform us, that your word will make us new. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that every word that is spoken today will bring forth fruit in our lives, that we will not just be hearers, Master, but that we will be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's so nice to have something different, isn't it? The men, always you look down upon your women. You think that they're only fit for the kitchen. But God is showing us our women are fit much more than that, just not the kitchen. Give them a big hand, church. Don't be jealous of your wife now. I've titled today's message as Who is Building Your Home? Who is building your home? That's the title of my message this afternoon. I'll be addressing the brothers and the sisters. I'll be addressing the women separately. And I'll be addressing the children. So I'll be addressing every one of you this afternoon. And during my message, the women are going to still continue to even have a skit played for you. My question is, who is really building your home? Do you know before marriage... You and your wife got together, you, you spoke and you said, Darling, we will build our home together. Am I right? Lot of discussions took place as darling and lover starts making uh, plans to build your house. And suddenly, marriage has taken place, years have passed, and now there is a small tug of war as to who wants to build the house. The man wants to take dominance and he wants to build the house. He says the house has to be this, 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 this. And he says criterias. And that's in one house. In another house, the role of the man slowly diminishes and the woman sees he's not doing anything. I have to try to build this house. Now the woman takes control and now she wants to build the house. Because the man, for some reason, is busy doing everything else than to be a part of building the house. Then that diminishes. Suddenly the children rise up and say, mom and dad are not building the house. It's time that we build the house. How many homes? Parents are controlled by children. Am I right? Now you won't stay yes. Many homes you find children dominating parents and they are building the house. And then comes the next category. Grandparents. Are there any grandparents? Don't, miss, don't be offended if I say this. Grandparents now start to build the house. Because parents have failed the parents have taken their children and thrown them into the hands of the grandparents and said, you, you start taking care of our children, we need to make money. And then it's time now the grandparents want to take control. Now, parents have failed, husband has failed, wife has failed, children has failed, grandparents have failed. Now the next category of people want to build your house. And that is your neighbors. How many women? see what your neighbors are doing and say, oh, Mrs. Johnson is doing that. We need to do that also. Then the man goes, I know of somebody. The man goes, he sees something happening right around with his friends. He brings that into his house. And then you find your neighbors are now 
building your home. So we find the cycle taking place continuously as to who has authority in building your house. But the question is, God has called you and me to build our lives, to build our homes, to build the church, and to build the kingdom of God. That's what we are called. But is God involved in building your home? In all this which I told you, we don't see God. You had plans for God. But the moment marriage took place, God was out of the plans. Because everything else now took thing. Now, when it comes to remodeling a house, how many of you have done remodeling your houses? My hand is up. Anybody? Praise God. Nobody has done remodeling? Wow. Thank you, my brother. Okay. To the ones who have done remodeling, let me talk to you so that the others will understand. There are four things that are required when you want to remodel your house or you need to remember when you're going to remodel your house. Since there was only just 3% of put your hand up for the ones who are yet for it to happen. There are four things that you have to remember. Number one, it takes longer than you planned. Have you noticed that? You, you, the engineer comes to you and says, sir, we need three, six months to do this remodeling. And you say, go ahead, do it. And suddenly you see, hey, this wall is not right. We need to change this wall. Okay, break down this wall. Oh, the toilet is not supposed to be here. We need Western toilet because all along we all started with Indian toilet. After coming to Gulf, we can't sit down. So we need the Western toilet. So break the Indian toilet, put the Western toilet. It, it takes time. So you will notice very carefully, it takes longer than you plan. number one. Number two, it costs more than you figured out. Maybe for, for some example, maybe 3,000 rials, and suddenly your wife is over there taking care of the remodeling, and she says, honey, 3,000 is not enough. We need more money because you want to break down the wall. You want the western toilet, and some of you want a swimming pool in your bedroom. So all these things start happening. So you find that it's costing you more than you figured. Then it becomes more messier than you planned. Have you seen something when you break one wall? You think you're only, build, you're only uh, taking care of the corner of the wall, but that wall which is broken now creates dust in the entire house. Everywhere you go, you see dust, and you st even start to begin to eat dust also. Because dust is flying everywhere. It's more messier than what you planned. And last, it requires great patience and determination in your part as you expected. You can't give up now. Why? The walls are already broken. Your Indian toilet is already gone. So you need to wait for the Western toilet now. So patience is required. Now, it is true, the same scenario is true with regarding our homes and our family life. The same principle which is taking for your house, and you apply it to your family, you begin to think that you can do everything, you start to get your relationship right within your husband and wife, and you find there is chaos taking place home. Now, the first thing it is, you realize it's taking longer than you planned when things are not going right at home. You think your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband is going to get right. But no, it's taking time. You plan and you storm heaven, but still it's taking time. You do everything, you say all your rosaries, it's taking time. You take your pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem, it's taking time. 
it does not happen in your time. So you will notice it's more longer than, and you remember one thing, every time when you try to mend relationship, broken relationships at home, it takes time because your wife or your husband has forgiven you, but they have not forgotten what you have done. And you're waiting for that to take time. Number one. Number two, it's more costlier than what you expected because, now, bear with me. How many of you take your wives every week out for dinner, a lunch, whatever it is? No hands. Wow. Okay, we have maybe one percent, half percent. Okay. You, some of you take your wives once a week. How many of you take your wives or your... I know wives don't take your husbands. Okay. How many of you take your wives once a month out? Okay. Turn around and look at the hands. Look at bread of life status. Look at this. Now, this is once a month. Praise God, we see our pastor's hand there. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you take your wives once in six months? Hello? Thank you, brother. God bless you, Brother Temple, for being honest. Now, if you lie, be careful what happened when Peter was talking. How many of you have never taken your wife out from the time you got married? Put your hands up. You have never... I'll ask the wives to share with you. Sisters, how many times when you got married till now, has your husband ever taken you out? If it's no, put your hand up. up. Sisters, don't worry. You have control over that man. Don't worry about him. You are cooking the food. Don't worry about him. So you understand what I'm trying to say. Now, you have to understand one thing. It will cost you more than what you planned. Because taking your wife when everything is happy, it's once a month, once in six months, once a year. But it will cost you more because when a fight takes place and when, the, uh, when you want to patch up with your wife, what do you do? You bought your wife once, one, the one time that you got married, you bought her one ring. Now the fight has taken place, your wife knows she's made up. Darling, what do you want since we made up? And she says, you promised me that gold earring long time back. It is a long time expense for you. Honey... Let us go to the restaurant. Now, which you did once in six months, you have to take the full family to the restaurant. It costs you money. It will cost you flowers. So, if you see, it will cost you more. So, make sure you don't make a next fight with your wife. Go home and say, honey, I am never going to fight with you. Let us make an agreement that we will never fight in Jesus' name. Only the sisters are saying amen. You see the men? You dangerous guys. Now, it's messier than what you planned. It's become more messier. Why? That one wall which was broken sent the dust into the entire house. That one fight that you made, your children are hurt. Your neighbors know what has happened. Everyone crossing your street has heard all the bad words and all the cursing and every the fault fighting. And now you find it's more messier. And then you cannot show face now. Because you have called all those names to that poor woman or to that poor man. And your children are saying, Dad, I know what you are. And you're trying now to make up for what you did to that family. It's become so messier. And last, the fourth point. It requires great determination. It's not easy to mend a broken home. It takes time. You need a lot of patience because you have broken those walls that have been erected. You have broken 
the, the, the roof of that building. You have broken the foundation of it. And now you're trying to mend that family back again. It takes time. It takes determination. It takes patience. It's not easy. But with the help of God Almighty, all things are possible in Jesus' name. All things are possible in Jesus' name. A strong home, number one, next point. A strong home life begins with a strong married life. A strong home life begins with a strong married life. How many of you have, have had, pay attention, how many of you have had shotgun weddings? Do you know what is a shotgun wedding? You have put a gun at your head and said, marry that man. Have anybody of you had? In our olden days, parents had that. They go for work, they come to Gulf, and suddenly mom, dad calls up, darling, yes, papa, you're getting married next week. Papa, I'm not ready. No, 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 there's a good family. They are believers' family. Don't forget, they have a lot of money. If I don't get this alliance, I will lose this money. And that poor child has no word to say. She packs a bag. Don't misunderstand me saying this, okay? She packs a bag, she goes home, she marries a man which daddy and mommy says. I know it's not wrong, some of you do it, but the child has no choice. The boy is in Gulf, parents call him and say, we found a wonderful girl, great girl. You need to come down quickly, we get you married and go back. Get married, put the ring, fly back. You have no word. That's called a shotgun wedding. But the question is, you have a choice in who to marry. You need to know who you are marrying. If you are not married to the ones who are not married, NG for C, and above that also, sometimes you must understand one thing. You are making plans to get married. Who you marry is your choice. You have a choice. God will lead you. You have a choice. You should never marry a person that you do not know. You should never do that. You should never marry somebody thinking, I will change, darling, overnight. You cannot change anybody. Let me make this very clear. Don't go marry somebody who does not belong to Christ and say that you will change him. You cannot change him. Only God can change that person. No, never. Because you think that you want to change people. Don't take the place of God. Home improvement will only, will, will, will never occur apart from God. Remember this. Improving your house can never happen apart from God. God has to be involved in improving your house. Amen. A home is a place where a family lives together in fellowship with God and with each other. The next point, our home will only improve. Pay attention, our home will only improve when it begins with us improving our relationship with God. Amen? Only when your relationship improves with God will your relationship improve with your husband and wife. We have been learning that in our Bible study with a triangle that you've seen. Now, let us quickly look at four activities in which God is involved. 
Now we are going to put God into the picture. So long God was out. We, we asked God, please go out of our family. But I want, to, I want to bring God into the family. And I want to show you four activities where God is involved. Number one, Psalm 127. That's the t- my scripture verse today. 127 verse 1. Except the Lord build the house. Wait. Who, who builds the house? Understand that? Tell your neighbor, except the Lord builds the house. They labor in vain that build it. They labor in vain that build it. So we understand in building your house, you need God. Without God, you will build a house. But I'll show you later on the message how that house can come crumbling down when circumstances changes. Now, there are three substance, three things that are required to build a house. Number one, you need a strong foundation. You need the walls and you need a roof. If you have that, you have a nice house. Foundation, walls and the roof. Let us look at one more scripture. Luke chapter 6 verses 47 to 49. Luke chapter 6 verses 47 to 49. So why do you call me Lord when you won't obey me? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then obeys me. Ah, God is telling, now I'm going to show you two categories of people who want to build a house. What they do? They come to me, number one, they... Listen, listen to the scripture. They listen, and when they listen and when they go home, they will do what I tell them. Okay, continue, brother. It is like a person who builds a house on a strong foundation Mm -hmm. laid upon the underlying rock. Okay. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who listens and doesn't obey... It's the second category, yes. ...is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will crumble into a heap of ruins. I want to show, show you something. When our obedience to God takes place in listening, in coming, number one, in listening and obeying, there's three points. Number one... There is stability in your home. That is the firmness. No matter what happens, we are firmly grounded in God, number one. Number two is there is security. Your walls are built that it, there will be no one to intrude into your house. You have strong walls. And number three, there is serenity. There is peacefulness. There is harmony. There is love. There is joy. And that's where the part of the Holy Spirit comes to create you. Even though you get angry, the Holy Spirit now says, I will give, pour out into you love, that you will be able to forgive that person. Now, Christian families are supposed to be different. They are supposed to be. They are supposed to be set apart. But are we different? I want you to ask you a question. Are you different or are your neighbors Exactly like you are, or you just like your neighbors. The question is now, what unbelievers want to know, if you really want to know what an unbeliever wants to know, is does Christianity work? Your unbeliever brothers and your friends want to know does Christianity really work? Does it work in this man's life, in this woman's life? Does Christianity work in that person's family? Does it work in the church? It is very sad. If our faith does not work at home, 
it will not work anywhere. Parents, you may not be able to do anything in this nation. You may not be able to do anything in your nation, but you can do something about your home. You can do something about your family. Amen? Many marriages and families and even churches, even churches have now become war zone and disaster areas. That's the reason you see things breaking off so frequently because what is happening in the families is now happening even in churches all around. Churches have become war zone. Long time back, outside even our own complex, I seen somebody going to beat this pastor up in the same place, but not our church, okay, please. Some other church, you don't think I said it's our church. Homes are not even anymore. There's no joy anymore in the house. There's no peace anymore in the house. There's no contentment in the house. And there's no happiness. Everything has been washed away. Instead, there is conflict, intimidation, and separation. What are you doing about it is the question. You know it's happening, but what are you doing? Are you allowing God to work in your family to change the situation? Number one. Number two, guarding the house. Psalm 127, verse 1, the later part, it says, Except the Lord keeps guard the city, the watchman walketh in vain. Quickly read Psalm 62. Let us turn to Psalm 62 and see verses 1 and 2. My soul waits in silence for God only. From Him is my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My stronghold, I shall not be greatly shaken. Who is God for you? Who is God for you? He is your strong old. Amen. Pay attention. Don't be looking at the women. You can see them after the service. The moments a woman passes, everyone's eyes are on the woman. Hey, look at me, please. I'm also good looking. Except for my hair. Okay. Now the question is, individuals, Family, church is always attacked from two areas. Individuals, family, church is always attacked from two areas. Please pay attention now. Those two areas are one, attack from outside. Where the enemy says, I need to attack this family. I need to attack this individual. So what he does, he attacks you from people unknown to you. Example, your office. Somebody going on the road, you steep, you keep driving, and that person abuses you all the bad words, and you stir up with anger. In your office, somebody's hating you and want to do bad anger. So the enemy first tries to attack you from outside. If he finds that you are strong, he says, nothing is shaking this man. This man is strong. He's built on solid rock. So what do I do now? I have to try the second attack, and the second attack is from within. Your second attack. And he knows in that second attack, that woman, that man will fall because he has been there much more longer than us. So how does he do it? He does it from people that you love. The man that, and the woman that you love very much. Maybe the leader that you love very much. Maybe your cell leader that you love very much. Maybe your husband or your wife. Maybe even your pastor that you love very much. The enemy says, I have to hurt this man 
through the man that he honors, through the man that he loves, through the man that he respects, I will attack him and destroy him. And that's what we see where Satan tried to attack even Christ through Peter, that Jesus had to rebuke not Peter, but the enemy. And it happened on two occasions. Number one, where Peter prevented Christ to go to the cross. And number two, at the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter took the sword and cut off the servant's ear. So sometimes you will be attacked from people that love you. They will say things to hurt you. Don't give up. Don't leave the ministry. Don't leave that family. Don't desert that woman. Don't desert that man just because they have hurt you. The enemy is all out to destroy you. Hold on. Stay fast because it is not you. The enemy can use anybody to hurt you. I want you to be careful. That's the reason the book of Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, it says, the Bible says that they had the swords in one hand and the tools in the next hand. And now let us get ready to see a small skit by our women. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established, says the Bible in Proverbs 24.3. And yet, modern homes as we know them today are dysfunctional, reeling under the pressures and stress of day-to-day -day living, the negative influences of social media and otherworldly sources, these beautifully designed God-ordained units are being destroyed. What is more is that Christian Grace. families today are as vulnerable to the attacks of the evil Grace. one as are the worldly families. This is evident in the lives of the MacLeods, a Christian family. Come along with me and witness not only their daily struggles, but also their ultimate amazing transformation in the skit titled, Building Families for Christ. In the opening scene, we have Nick, Nancy, Nellie, Natty, Nomi, and grandmother returning home after a lovely weekend picnic. Has but they are up? alarmed. Oh, what's, this? what's this mess? Nick, did you lock the doors well, dear? Yes, mom, I did. Where's my laptop? It's oh, not my laptop there. is missing. No, it's not here. I can't find it. We'll find it. We'll find it. Oh, my laptop is missing. I can't find and it. See this? Oh, my jewelry box is on the floor. It's oh. empty. Oh, <laughs> nothing oh, there. Nothing gone. there. Everything's gone. Oh, All no. my diamond jewelry is missing. Don't cry, dear. I lodge a complaint for your missing jewelry. Don't cry. Everything's gone. Oh, no. Where is my PlayStation? 
kept it safe in the table top. Look properly, Natty. Maybe it's somewhere around. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll get it here. We'll get it. Look. Where's my new keyboard? Oh no! My keyboard is gone. Daddy! Oh, Nami, not your new keyboard, dear. Oh, we'll try to get it back. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. See this? this. Come see this. What's this? The thanks? Just come here. For the gifts? What gifts? Gifts? Who gave gifts to whom? And how did this picture come here? How did this picture of our family picnic come here so soon? I how have in the, no idea. How in the world did anyone know that we were away? Exactly. Yes. Yes. I posted our family, they posted the picture of our family outing on my Facebook. And my friends loved it. I got many likes. See That's this. okay, Nelly. Because I should send some photos Instagram yes. to some of my classmates. Yes. They got many likes. Oh. How many times have I told you children not to post any pictures on social media? You see what's happened, Nelly? Someone has peeked into our Facebook page and known that we were away. And everything's gone. Everything's gone. Nothing left. Nothing. Your mom is right. I warned you many times, children, not to post personal or family information on Facebook or Instagram. This is because you are always on your phones all the time. And there was no need to tell anyone about our whereabouts. Children, you could have always waited and posted those pictures once we returned. What these children have done. Do loss. you see what loss your carelessness has brought about? Let this be a lesson for you children to be careful with your usage of the Facebook and the Instagram. Now, Nelly, you will stay without your PlayStation. Yes. Natty, do without your iPad. Yes. Nomi, I'm sorry, dear. Yes. Your, key, your keyboard is missing. I'm really sorry. But I didn't do anything. Children, it's not important how big your friend list is in Facebook, WhatsApp, and post everything. But it's important to have few friends who can read your book, like your face, and ask you what's up. Come. Don't worry, God will help us. Proverbs 1.8 is very clear in its instruction to children when it says, Listen, my son, to a father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. A little while later, Nick is on his mobile while Nancy is emptying a picnic bag. Did you lodge a complaint of the theft, Nick? Yes, Nancy, I just did. The cops are on the way. Oh, Nick, you know, I'm very tired, Nick, after that picnic outing. <laughs> can you do the laundry, please, Nick? And also, can get some chapatis for tomorrow. And you know, Nick, it'll be nice if you can drive the children to school tomorrow. For you know, it gets late for me for office and boss is shouting at me. Please, help. Nancy, do you think I am not tired? I told you yesterday, I have a board meeting at 8 o'clock. 
I have to be in the office at 7.30. I will not be able to take the children to school tomorrow, Nancy. Nick, you don't cooperate at all, Nick. You need to help me with the housework, not with the children. Everything I have to do. See this. I don't cooperate. Well, my dear, who helps you every morning with the breakfast, <laughs> packing the children's snack boxes, packing the lunch hot. boxes, and then when I come back from home, dishwashing, babysitting, <laughs> and laundry is my share of work, and I don't cooperate? I can't believe you said this. <laughs> babysitting. You don't babysit anymore. The children now are quite big. They're grown up. <laughs> Agreed, my dear, I don't babysit. But don't forget, daily lessons and homework supervision has replaced babysitting. That's because you are so busy with your office work every day, you don't have time to see to the children's studies. Why do you have to slog all day at work and then come home again? You are so stressed and you make all of us so stressed. Yeah, and you're very happy when my salary comes home after every month. Again, again, <laughs> he again, enjoys most again. of it. Nancy, I told you there is no need for you to work. We can do very well with my salary. You know, our expenses are so high because you work. We buy food almost every day. Nancy, it would be nice to have you home, Nancy. The children need you. Why not give up your job and take care of our children and the home, dear? <laughs> I know you will say I, you're not a servant. Nick, I'm not a servant. What do you think? <laughs> he thinks me to be a servant. <laughs> Nancy, I didn't say you are a servant. All I'm saying is the children are getting neglected and you are not able to see it, Nancy. You're... And you your think, career, your career, I know you And you that. know, my career is very important for me. I am working hard for my next promotion because if I work, we know that we can spend liberally and go for picnics and outings and we can have fun. It is so difficult to talk to you, Nancy. I can't make you understand. Oh, God help us. I think the cops are at the door. Oh, the cops are come. Let's go. From this scene, it is evident that all a man's or a woman's ways seem right to him or her. But it is a Lord that weighs the heart. Proverbs 21.2. The next day, when Nick returns after a tiring day from work, he sees each member of the family lost in their own separate worlds. Nancy is engrossed watching a serial on TV, while Natty is chatting on WhatsApp. Nellie is listening to music, Nami is playing games on her phone, and grandmother is reading a book. Hello, Nick. Hi, Mom. How was your day? Oh, I had a very tiring day at work, Mom, with back-to-back -back meetings. Okay, I just Na reminded children to get ready for prayer before you came. Nancy, can I have a cup of hot coffee, please? Black. I am having a bad headache. I had a terrible day at work. 
Nancy, can I get a cup of coffee, please? Nancy! Oh, Nick, you're here. When did you come, Nick? You are so glued to the TV. I'm here for the past five minutes, my girl, and you don't even know that I'm here. I told you I had a tiring day at work with meeting after meeting, and I'm having a bad headache. I need a cup of coffee, Nancy. Oh, honey, just a few seconds. See, the final round for real selection is going on for Miss Universe, and I hope she wins it. And you know, Nick, I too had a terrible time at office today. I'm just relaxing now. You are so bothered about Rua winning the contest, Nancy, and you're not bothered to give me a cup of coffee. These serials, they have over 2,000 episodes, and they go on year after year, and I don't get a cup of coffee because of them. Take coffee, my son. Oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom. Nelly, Natty, Nomi, hi there. How are you children doing your homework? How was school today? Nancy, what's wrong with our children, Nancy? Our children don't know we are here. They are so busy with their phones, they can't even hear me talking to them. What's happening to my family? Nobody wants to speak to me. It has what? never been like this before. What happened, Nick? Oh, mom, you know, in today's world, people don't want to talk to one another. They prefer to talk to electronic devices than to talk to human beings. Everybody is so busy with the 20th century inventions of smartphones, tabs, and iPads. And I hear all around, mom, that the misuse of it is destroying families, Homes, children are going astray. I will have to do something about it in our family before something serious happens. I'm yes. worried. Yes, I'm worried. Nick. Yes, Nick. You should prayfully do something before it is too late. Yes, Mom. I children, will. come. It's time for prayer. Get ready. Oh, this grandma does not know anything else. Every time prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer, Holy. grandma. Children, yes children, you must always pray. Bible says in Romans 12, 12, be faithful in prayers. Come, let's pray. Put off your phones now. Come, let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace that has taken us to work and to offices and for bringing us back safely. Lord, we thank you that we can come together as a family, Father. Lord, we pray that you will draw our hearts towards you, Father. Father, in your mercy, help us to get back our things that were stolen. Above all, Lord, we pray that you will bring about that transformation in our home, O oh Lord, where we can serve you wholeheartedly as a house and as a family, Father. Hear our prayer, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Guys, what's up? Natty, Nelly, 
Why so confused? Any bad news? Yes. Any deaths? Yes, Daddy. The internet is not working. The Wi-Fi is dead. And it's so boring without the internet. Oh, do something, Daddy. Yes. Yes, Daddy. We cannot chat with our friends and watch anything. It's boring. Come on, guys. Cheer up. It is not the end of the world. Come, let's pray for the Wi-Fi. Nancy, did you hear that? They were not ready to come for family prayer. But they are ready to come. Do you see? What's happening? <laughs> Nick, I'm very worried, Nick. What's it, Nancy? I want to tell you something. What's it, Nancy? Nick, you have seen Nick. How reluctant are children are towards prayer. They are all the time on their phones. And they don't even have time to spend with us. Neither do they have time to spend with each other. I don't know what's happening. Please, God help. This is what I've been telling you all along, Nancy. I could see there's a big gap between us and our children, but you are not able to realize it. And Nancy, you are not less. Your priorities for TV serials and office work is not healthy for our marriage at all, Nancy. You should realize it by now. You see the state of our children? Oh, Nick, I have begun to realize and understand that my presence at home for the children is very much needed. The children need me before it's too late. And so, I have decided tomorrow itself, when I go to office, I'm going to resign my job. I'm going to be at home for the children. Wow! Thank you, Nancy. I'm so glad that you made the right decision to stay home. You have realized the children need you. Thank you, my dear. Yes. God bless you for that. Yes. You know, Mom, I have what good happened? news for you. What happened? Nancy is going to give up a job and wow. stay home. Praise Lord. He has oh, heard our prayer. Praise, praise Lord. God. Praise God. Dad, I had noises. What's going on? Tell me. Let Your me know. Your mom is going to be home, children, from ah! tomorrow onwards. Come, 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 come. Oh. <laughs> Nancy, Nancy, you have done the right decision. I am proud of you, my dear. Yes, ma'am. We are so glad. You are. Oh. <laughs> Mommy, I'm so happy. Yes, now we'll get nice homemade food. Yes, baby, yes. Titus 2425 tells us that women ought to love their husbands and children. They must have quiet and gentle spirit. Wives must always be good homemakers. They have to be kind and subject to their husbands, and they must build their homes in wisdom. Thanks, Mom. Mom? I'm really inspired by your life, Mom. And I want to become a godly wife and mother. Mom, you know something? When I grow up, I want a wife like you.
So eventually, by God's grace, the MacLeods realized their folly and sought God's grace. Nick, as the head of his family, and in accordance to Ephesians 5.23, influenced his wife by his temperate, self-controlled, and loving nature. On another note, we need to think about how much time we spend online with friends, acquaintances, and even strangers. On the other hand, how much time do we actually spend with our own families? More importantly, how often are we online with God our Father? Do we use the same amount of time to be connected with our Father in heaven? If not, we better do so, for only then can we build families for Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to call the sisters forward. Please come. I'll call the, the actresses. Sister, please come. Stand here. Kutima, come closer to me. Come, come, come. Quickly come. Church, would you give them a round of applause? Thank you. Now you know your wives can act. So be careful what they do at home. It's so true, this is what is happening at home. And many families are getting destroyed because our children have lost the touch of being with mom and dad or even being with anybody else. They are so locked up in their own world. And we as a church should be very careful that we don't fall into the same trap. My next point, my third point for this afternoon is, is taken from Psalm 127 verse 2. We need to provide for our house. We need to provide for our house. The scripture says, It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so giveth his beloved sleep. Church, the scripture does not promote laziness. And the scripture does not promote workaholics. It's so sad. Many parents are so busy running to make money and to give the children the pleasures that they need. Parents have become Santa Claus at home now. And that's a very sad path that is taking place. We may work our lives to death in order to buy our family what they want. But what is the cost that you're paying? You have to be very careful. There are some things that money cannot buy. Can you tell your neighbor there are some things money cannot buy? You told your neighbor that? Now tell yourself that there are some things money cannot buy. And I'm going to show you what money cannot buy. We always think that money can buy anything in this world. But I want to show you what money cannot buy. Number one, money cannot buy love. It can buy lust. But it cannot buy love. It's found in Romans chapter 5 verse 8. It's found there. And it says that, But God commanded his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want to tell you something very important. Please be careful of this. Don't get lost in this area. In John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. I know it's not easy for you to love your wife or to love your husband all the time. Sometimes they do things that you want to strangle them. I know it, it, it drives you crazy sometimes when what your wife or your husband does, but yet the Bible commands us to love them. If your wife, not, don't tell this to someone else's wife, if your wife is sitting beside you, tell her or tell him, I will love you with all my heart no matter what happens. I, can't, I can see some wives and husbands, but I don't see them even talking to one another. <laughs> it is sad. If you don't tell your wife here that you love her, where are you going to tell her? Number two, money cannot buy acceptance. Money cannot buy acceptance. Ephesians 1 verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Brothers, please pay attention to this. Do you know our wives and our children want to be accepted? Don't push them off when you come from work. And don't tell them, I don't have time for you. If you push your children or your wife away, it will hurt them. If you don't love them, who else is going to love them? So I want, you to be, I want you to pay very careful attention to this. Don't hurt them by pushing them away. Now another thing is, the next point, money cannot buy support or encouragement. It's found in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 18. And I pray. The Bible says in John chapter 14, And I pray that the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that, ye, that you may abide with you forever. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. My brothers and sisters, all our family needs comfort. They might have problems. I want to ask this to men. How many are men in this house? When your wife is talking to you, or your children are talking to you, you don't push them away. Maybe sometimes that woman wants, to, wants your shoulder to cry upon. She's gone through something. Many men, when you see your wife crying, you don't even go near her or to let her put her head on your shoulder. You will say, she deserves it. If your children go through problems and you see your children cry, how many of you tell your children, you deserve it? Do you carry your child and put your child on your shoulder and say, don't cry, daddy is here? What we tell them, you deserve what you have done. The next point. Money cannot buy forgiveness. It's found in Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, verse 32. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Amen. Forgiveness is something that we all need. We all need forgiveness. If we stay together for long enough, if husband and wife, before marriage, there's a lot of forgiveness. But when you continue to live a long time with your wife or your husband, one of them will hurt you. They, they are bound to hurt you, whether you like it or not. But do you have the strength to forgive them? Your children are bound to hurt you. Do you have the strength to forgive them? God gives us all these. Number one, He gives us love. God gives us love. Number two, He gives us acceptance. Number three, God gives us support. Number four, God gives us encouragement. Number five, God gives us forgiveness. God gives us love. 
acceptance, support, encouragement, and forgiveness. This is what God forgive, for has given us. If you have received that, say hallelujah. hallelujah. If you're sleeping, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. I love you. If we trust God to rely on Him. Now, I want to share this with you. Sorry. When I use this, sometimes what I have seen some brothers, whether you tell them to say, praise God, God bless you, they won't say hallelujah. You know why? They'll think this fellow wants to catch, let me not say anything. It's better I stay quiet, whether it's good or bad, I will be a good guy. Otherwise, somebody will laugh at me. This is very true, you know. It's very, very true. Now, when God gives us grace, He gives us peace, He gives us love, He gives us acceptance, He gives us support, He gives us encouragement, He gives us forgiveness. If we receive all this, what are we supposed to do? We have to give it forth. We accept all these things which I just said, but we are not willing to give it to somebody else. And that's the sad part. And when we learn to do that, our home will become stable, a place of security, a place of serenity. Amen? Amen? If you love Jesus, say hallelujah. hallelujah. And you know your neighbor if he's not told it. Now, my next point, my last point is heritage for the house. And it's found in Psalms 127 verses 3 and 4. Just read verse 3, brother. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So what is your reward? Children. Children are your reward. I want to challenge you, if you are not having a child up to now, you can go to God with this verse and say, God, you are not a liar. You say who you are, and I believe you will do what you said. Amen? Amen. But there is a condition for it. What is that condition? You need to live a life that is pure and holy before God in obedience. You don't live in disobedience and go and ask God, I want this promise to be done. It will not happen. Because you are living in total disobedience. God gives us... Stop looking at my wife. God gives us joy. He gives us happiness. It's only my duty to look at her. I'll, I'll bring her up later on the stage. You can all see her, okay? You were wondering, Wendy was a man, now she's become a woman so fast. Pastor Leslie is here, the doctor. God gives us children, and you know when that child came into the world and was born into you, what is the first thing you had? You had joy, correct? Didn't you have joy when you seen your child? Yes. Then why such gloomy faces? Because you know your children are grown up big, so the gloom has come. We have joy, we have happiness, and we have laughter. Correct? All through the journey of that little child brings joy, laughter, and happiness. But suddenly down that line, now the child has grown up. And the parents don't feel that anymore. That joy, that laughter, the happiness has slowly faded away. They find that this same child that brought joy is now bringing heartache, is now bringing sadness, is now bringing pain. Where parents had said joy, the child has grown up now, and that joy is gone. And the child saying, God, what have I done? We've seen that in the play. That's what the father said. What is happening to our children? And this is happening in our homes. This is happening in our homes. 
we are sometimes it's either we are too strict with our children or we are too lenient or too easy with our with children when one parent is disciplining a child i want to encourage the other parent please don't interfere if you see your wife correcting your child or your husband move away let them do that part don't go and interfere and say this is not the way bring up the child immediately the child will know that the child is above both of you they know that you are not in agreement and they will stir you up last you will be out of the house and the child will be inside the house that's what's happening i want to quickly show you few points because we have got another thing to take place luke chapter 2 verses 52 i want to show you how a godly parent should bring up a child luke 52 and, verses 52 and jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with god and man can i have this front screen up i lost the screen so we are going to see i want to show you four areas in which children need to grow and develop four areas number 1 in wisdom that is mentally number 2 in stature that is physically number 3 with favor with god that is spiritually four with man that is socially when they came into those world these children were not developed into all these characteristics but you as husband and wife you need to teach your children this you need to groom them you need to develop them number 1 in order for your child to grow mentally our children need instruction and guidelines as how they have to live that's number 1 it's found in deuteronomy chapter 6 no need of reading it brother deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 4 to 9 we see that number 2 in order for our children to grow in stature they need to know that their bodies are the temple of the holy spirit this is the duty of the mother and father at a child when a child is young you need to teach that child that your body is the temple of the holy spirit but we fail to do that with our with our children number number 3 for our children to grow spiritually they need to learn to live a way that is pleasing to god it's found in colossians chapter 1 verse 10 they are going to if they are to grow to love god you must teach your children number 1 to learn to read the bible and your children will never learn to read the bible if they don't see you reading the bible understand that you need to teach your children how to worship god they will never worship god if you don't if they don't see you worshiping god don't tell your children go to the room and pray and worship god they will never do it they have to see mummy and daddy worshiping god next your children should see mummy and daddy people of prayer do they see you as a person of prayer or just commanding them to pray my next point for our children to grow socially they need to learn to respect others i'm going to share a very sad thing i hope i don't step on anyone's toes that's found in ephesians chapter 6 verse 2 oh, no. oh, no, it's okay brother now i want to say your children should learn to respect if your children don't respect you do you think they're going to respect the people come to your house do you remember i want to talk to the people about 40 when you were a kid you remember when 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 visitors came to your house your parents would call you to greet the people who came and you'll say good morning uncle good morning auntie or whoever they are and then maybe you will allow them to talk because olden days parents would say children should not be in the conversation when big, big people are talking so you greet them you go away nowadays sorry this is truth 
If you go to anyone's house, your children even don't come out of that bedroom to greet the man of God or the woman of God who's come to your house. It's a sad part. And you as parents have failed to tell your children, can you go and greet that visitor? You encourage them by locking the door. Where do you see children not even greeting people that come to your house? Where are these children going to live godly lives if they can't show this in the house? You have failed as parents. You need to give them a kick wherever they need and tell them, go and do your duty as a child. There is somebody come to our house, greet them, wish them, because you will never know who's coming to your house. That man may be an anointed man or anointed woman, and when he holds your child's hand, that anointing can flow into that child, and you are putting a gate. Last night we were saying about that. You put a gate and you block that anointing from flowing into that child's life because you are so, you don't want your child to be disturbed. Sorry to say this, my child has to study. You, you know what your child is doing in the room? Once a child is, is locked up, there are two books. One is their playbook and one is their study book. Before you can open the door, the books get mixed. I want to tell this to you. I want to close quickly. And this is for the women, all the women in our church, and including men. It's found in Titus chapter 2. Put up the full screen. If you look, verse 2, uh, verse 3 says, Teach what is good. Women, I want you to take one sister in the Lord. Choose one sister. Even brothers, this is not just for sisters, even brothers. Can you today make a commitment to choose one person and do Titus 2? You are going to, number one, you are going to teach what is good. You are going to train them in what is good, verse 4. In verse 6, you are going to encourage them in what is good. In verse 7, you are going to set them as an example that you are going to walk with them. Verse 12, you are going to teach them, give them motherly guidance. Verse 15, if required, you will also rebuke them in love. Amen? Can you make a commitment? I want you to close your eyes for one second to make this commitment. God, give me the grace to choose one person that I will be a tightest person to this person that you're going to give into my life. Close your eyes and make this as a commitment. One second. Okay, in my conclusion, I'm going to call the women. I want you to do me a favor. Quickly come forward. Where is the NG4C? Quickly come forward. The first group that I would like to call is the co-group. The women of the co-group, please come forward. Church, give them a big hand. These are the women that God is using in this church to develop godly women. To the sisters who are staying back at home, I want to challenge you. Come forward. You have your child all the days of your life. You have them with you. But come and learn godly principles. The next group that I would like to call is the praise and worship team. Quickly. Yara. The praise and worship team. The third group that I would like to call is the ushers. Can the usher team come forward please? Praise and worship, take your place on top. 
The next group that I would like to call is the Fervent Anna Prayer Leaders and the Visitation Team. Fervent Anna Prayer Leaders and the Visitation Team. Please give them a big hand. Brothers, here, your wife, your sisters are here. Praise God. Now I'd like to call the Mata's Kitchen. Where are the Mata's Kitchen? If you are there, come forward. Let the, let the congregation see who you are. Mata's Kitchen. Mata's Kitchen. Here, give them a big hand, please. Thank you, sisters. The next is the Dokas Designers. Where are the Dokas? You see, most of them are here and they are taking part and doing things. Give them a big hand. Where are some more sisters? Dokas Designers. Praise God. God bless you. The Berian Readers. Who's, who's in charge of the Berian Readers? If you're there, yes, give them a big hand. Yeah, one more Berian Reader. Thank you, sister. Please stand there. The, the next is the baby care demo. Where are I? I'm sure Mr. Padmani is there. Give her a big hand. Give her sister a big hand. Thank you, sister. Thank you. The last in the group are the photographers. I think there's one or two. Where are the photographers? Please come forward. Let them see you. There's one more sister missing. Okay, there's one more. Give them a big hand. Thank you, sisters. Now, if they are here, what are you doing there? If they are here, why are you not here? So today, it's not a warning, but it's a calling. God, I want to be used in your kingdom. Can you make that as a thing? God, I want to be used. Remember one thing, to the one who is faithful to the end, faithfulness in your calling, faithfulness in what God has given you a talent, faithfulness in the gift that God has given you. If you are faithful to the end, God says, come my son, come my daughter, your reward is great. Amen? I want you to see the person on your next and on the right and say, next year I want to see you on top. Tell that to your sister. Don't tell that to the brother, okay? Tell that to a sister. Choir, you ready? Choir, you ready? Can I call the musicians quickly, quickly? Musicians. Church, can we stand up, please? Praise the Lord. We are going to sing and uh, thank God because uh, we are alive. And God is good to us. Amen? Every living soul, every living soul, praise the Lord. Every living soul, every living soul, praise the Lord. Every living soul, every living soul, praise the Lord. Every living soul, every living soul, praise the Lord. The most serene, the most serene, the most. 
give a big hand to Jesus. I call upon our Pastor Lakin to, to close in prayer. One more time, let us give these women a big hand. And to Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. If you love what you have seen today, put your hands together once again. Hallelujah. Well, as usual, the women said they have food for us after the service. Let's put hands together for, for them. Amen. Praise God. I believe it's a privilege for every one of you to be on the altar today. These ones are wonderfully, gloriously made. Let's put hands together for this wonderful women once again. Their position will not be empty in the house in Jesus' name. Everything God has positioned in your hand, no devil will take it in Jesus' name. Let's stretch our hands towards them and bless them. As the fathers in the house, let's begin to declare the hand of the Lord shall rest upon them, that they will be what God has ordained them to be. Let's declare that the God of heaven will release unto them everything that they need to be that virtuous woman that God has called them to be. That none of them will fail God in their assignment in their homes. They will be home builders, not home scatterers. In the name of Jesus, let's declare every home this one comes from. There shall be heaven on earth in their home. And let's declare the blessing of God in form of fruitfulness and all in every side shall follow this one. Every desire of the heart of this one we declare coming forth powerfully to the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, and let's pray whatever is lacking in their life, the Lord will release unto them. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Lord, we want to thank you for how you have helped us this year. Thank you for this, your wonderful daughters, how you have been using them in the church, in their home, in various ways. Lord, we pray as we have declared upon them that the blessing of God shall rest upon you in the name of Jesus. The call of God upon your life, you will live to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Everything you need to be what heaven has ordained you to be, I declare a release of that unto you in the name of Jesus. You will finish strong in the name of Jesus. You will not disappoint God in the name of Jesus. And I pray for everyone looking unto God to have wives in this church. Lord, you will grant them the desire of their heart in Jesus' name. Everyone trusting you for husband, for wife. Everyone trusting you for children. Everyone trusts you for one breakthrough or the other. Lord, I decree the Lord will grant unto you your desires in the name of Jesus. Every home that is under fire, that is passing through any storm, by the authority in the name of Jesus, I declare peace be still over every marriage in this church in the name of Jesus. As we go into this week, we go in your power and your strength in the name of Jesus. As we march on to the month of October, Lord, you will take every one of us to cross over to that month powerfully, gloriously in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that is left to be done in this last quarter of 2017, I decree shall be delivered to everyone first in the name of Jesus. 
thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Let's share the good and fellowship in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. As we pray, the Lord will answer us. You are blessed in Jesus' name.